Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back to Make Life Delicious, the podcast. Pegs and I are so excited to have our friend McLean of Mother the Mother with us today. It is going to be such an amazing conversation. I just know it. McLean is a woman currently living through the journey of life as a mother of two daughters, wife, and a healing guide in the motherhood realm. She is a motherhood coach, podcaster, prenatal and postpartum healing guide, postpartum doula, Ayurvedic doula, death doula, lactation educator, counselor, nutritionist, Reiki and and hypnosis practitioner, yoga and Pilates teacher, and meditation guide. She created her business, Mother the Mother, after the birth of her first daughter. Mother the Mother was created to support women throughout their journey into motherhood with a central focus on the postpartum shift. Her intention is to help new mamas heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually as they transition from maiden to mother. Her goal is to help and support, guide them as they awaken their inner knowing and empower themselves to heal, thrive, and slay. I love it. It is her true calling and deepest work. McLean thinks her two biggest teachers, her daughters, is it Jemima? Jemima. Oh, it's so pretty. I love that name. And Goldie Wolf. Oh, love. Who took her on her greatest adventure to become a mother. It takes a village to raise a mother, not just a child. God, I I love that so much. And this last little piece, when a, a woman is given the nurturing care and respect that she so deserves as a new mother, the entire family is set up for a happy and healthy future together. That is so true. It just makes me think about, you know, my mom always raised us with, she always said there was a hierarchy of needs. And she would tell this to us from the time we were very young. She said, you have to take care of yourself first, because as mom, if you don't have your cup filled, you can't give it to anybody else. Then it's, it was dad, because that's the partner. That's the relationship that lasts once we're all out of the house and then it's the children. And this like highlighting the importance of taking care of moms out there, I feel like is so necessary, especially now. I mean, always, 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 always. We are tribal community driven human beings. Like women are. And I'm just so grateful that we have you and your work to support us. So Thank you, McLean. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I want to applaud you, woman. (laughs) Let me tell you, you are doing this work and it is so necessary. Well, yeah. I mean, like I was saying before we recorded, like I need to take notes from you because you've done it, you know, with four daughters (laughs) and the one I know is incredible. And 
You know, I, I love what you said that about the hierarchy because it is so crucial. And, you know, even therapy that my husband and I have done, it's really that is that that's the thing is like, um, and this other training I'm doing right now too, is all talking about that everyone needs two levels of resources. So like a new mom needs another human in there with her. So the partner, and then even someone else doing the food, the house cleaning, all of that. And then the partner needs two levels of resources, you know, and then so that we can resource our kids. And so it's just that hierarchy is so, so important as moms. It's challenging because you have this baby that's your kind of everything. And it's, it's hard to not give everything all the time to the baby. And let alone everything that's going on in your body. Hello. You've got these hormonal swings and shifts and ups and downs and no sleep and no food. And, you know, there's just so much that goes in. And I just have to say, I was, you know, as Megan and I were talking about this before too, is you, you need your posse of people that are going to support you. And I have to say with all of the kids, when they were born, I had sister Goldie, which sister Goldie, like your little Goldie. So my sister Goldie, she flew in for all the births. She -hmm. stayed with me for um, two weeks after and really, really set the stage because my mom wasn't able to, nor was Tim's. And, you know, so it is, it's so true what you said. You've got to have those helpers in there. Yeah. And that's, I think what sparks my first question for you, McLean, is because you said after your first daughter's birth is what sparked this, um, your purpose, you know, and I'm curious, was it, what was it in that process that made you realize there was this gap and this need of this support in your birth? So I had done Actually, in college, I'd taken one midwifery class, which was super random. I went to a very alternative school, Hampshire College in Massachusetts. And it was so it was in my radar. And then I forgot about it. I moved out to L.A. to be an actress, you know, blah, 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 a whole other lifetime. And then when I wanted to have a child, I was really interested in doing a home birth and midwifery care and doula work. And, you know, I was I had friends that had given home, had home births out here. And so I was doing that. We're doing the classes and reading all the books and all the things. And then had a birth that ended up being at a birth center when they broke my water. She was, it was full of the merconium. So it was decided to be transferred to the hospital. And, you know, that's a whole topic of it in and of itself. Um, But it ended up being, you know, a beautiful birth overall. And, um, I've done a lot of healing work around it for the past couple of years, but on the other side, I just really realized it was like crickets. You know, we do all this, we put our money, our time into the birth, which is huge. I mean, it is a huge part of my journey. You know, the birth of your child is a huge thing. The birth of yourself is a huge thing in your life journey. It informs so much of who we are and our personalities and how we land Earthside, And it's a finite amount of time. And when I was postpartum, my husband went to work the next day. We didn't know better. I mean, we could have afforded help. I just honestly didn't know better. Um, I wasn't modeled that kind of care, um, in my own lineage. Um, none of my friends, 
I only had a couple friends, honestly, that had kids out here. None of them had hired help. So I just didn't really know. And, um, I remember telling a friend like two weeks postpartum, I'm just going to be super real with you. Like what this looks like. I'm in a fucking diaper and you know, I'm stranded in my bed with no water. And, um, and I was so happy to be a mom too. Like I was very happy, but it was just like, how come no one is talking about the realness of what this is? And so it really wasn't even a question. It was kind of like, this is my calling because women are suffering and we're all in our little isolated boxes not knowing what is normal, quote unquote, or not. And so we all think we're failing because we're not having these conversations. So that really just set me off on the journey of the postpartum work. And it's still a journey. I mean, Pegs, I know you can attest to, it's like each new development your kids are in, you change as a mother. And I mean, I feel like I'm in a real upgrade right now. I'm actually, and we can get into more of this too, but I'm actually with my last client right now beside work. And I'm, I'm moving into full coaching sphere and online because I'm really ready to up level and just reach more people because women need it. We need it. It's not working. Like everything that's happening right now is just not working. Oh my gosh. I so relate to everything that you were saying, <laughs> because even before the conversation started, like Mike said, well, how did your breastfeeding go? And I'm like, oh, that's a whole story. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, yeah. how much time you got? <laughs> I'm like, but just like really quick that in of itself was just here. You just had this baby. You're doing the best that you can, but literally Alex, our firstborn daughter, literally she suckled off my nipples and I didn't know. And for two weeks I was literally you know, a mess. And I go to see the doctor and she goes, you call me about everything, but you don't tell me about this. I'm like, well, you didn't tell me about this. And then the Le Lechi group at the time came and they're like, no, 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 here, just keep going. Just keep going. And I'm like, I think I need to stop. I was, mm -hmm. you want to talk about a basket case. Every time she cried, I was like, you know, yep. shoulders, yep. Up, you know, who can have, who can breastfeed? Right. So, yep. you know, and then we realized, you know, breastfeeding wasn't in my future for any of the kids. And that just about broke me. I'm like, what do you mean? I have a triple D breast. I have right. the waist, <laughs> but no nipples. What are you talking about? God, this is unfair. I am mother earth mm -hmm. and I need to breastfeed my children. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, holy moly. So talk about feeling bad not being able to do that, but thank God Goldie. It's like, okay, every time a daughter would come to, you know, be, be born, we would wrap me and bind me and make sure that I didn't have to go through too much pain and suffering. But, you know, just that in and in of itself, how many moms, you know, look at it as you don't have a choice or you do have choices. You know, yeah. what I mean? uh, yes, I love that so much. And thank you for sharing that, because I feel like that's one of the biggest ones is the breastfeeding versus not breastfeeding and the guilt and shame and just oh. disappointment. You know, oh. it's, it's, we have so much of that and we all carry it no matter what the thing is. Cause there's always a thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this work is so powerful. I mean, I was even crying this morning in this class about physiologic baby care and just how our society is just so ass backwards pretty much in everything, but really when it comes to the relationship between mother and baby. And I just look back and I can cry about it and I can be sad and frustrated that I didn't know better at the time and then forgive myself because 
we only know what we know when we know it. And, you know, through sharing in our stories and changing the birth world and changing how we show up for ourselves and each other. And just even having this conversation, one person, if one person from this talk gets one nugget that they share with someone or themselves that is having really big feelings, like that's enough, you know, that is how you change people. That's how we can be agents of change, um, of support. So important. The conversation and just really shedding light on it. I feel like for me, none of my sisters and I are moms yet. Um, however, it's always been an open conversation. Like what you're saying, like, you know, you didn't have that knowledge from your parents. Like I had that, I've had this knowing, like coming from one of four girls, we are all very well endowed. And it's, it always shocks people when they're like, Oh my God, I bet your mom was the mom that breastfed till you were two. And I was like, funny enough, she Mm -hmm. actually couldn't breastfeed us. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, again, you have that like guilt and all of the other things that you're like, like you were saying, mom, like here I have the means, but I can't do it. And this education piece and just like the conversation truly is so valuable and necessary of like enough of this, like judging or shaming and with technology this day it's so beautiful because we have access to so much information but we also have access to a lot of judgment that is so unnecessary of really figuring out what is best for each mother and each person so individually totally and for me it really circles back to education because when you're informed then you can make educated guesses or you know, opinions or decisions. And one piece I would love to add to this is I have a dear friend, Sufi, who's a doula, and I can even share her in the show notes. She's a medium and she talks to babies in utero and Mm -hmm. the baby she works with postpartum. And she was telling me about this mama she had a call with this week. And, um, the mom was just wrecked. Like you were saying, just two weeks into breastfeeding, it's not working all the consultants, all the things. And, um, baby is telling Sufi, I don't want to breastfeed. Every time I breastfeed, I feel like I'm being waterboarded. That's what the baby said. And so she was able, I mean, it gives me chills. She was just got chills. Yeah. <laughs> She's a right? baby whisperer. She's a baby whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> and she totally is. She's incredible. And you know, that communication between the veils was able to then let that mama forgive herself and saying, you know what, baby has another way to go. It's fine. You know? So there's things that we can like understand from books and even sharing and in classes. And then there's this whole other level that we have no idea about. Mm. What beautiful realms and, you know, options that are out there for us to be able to learn more and be better at what we Mm -hmm. so want to love or just (laughs) even better supported I mean like we just had a medical intuitive on here we see psychics we see reiki healers I've done plant medicine I mean we are now in this age of like what we see isn't just it you know there's so much more behind and accessibility we have to further understand I mean having that support to just like am I going crazy right now over this and especially when like you're making really 
like critical decisions when it comes to like your baby's nourishment or moving forward. Um, having somebody to just kind of be like, no, you're actually correct in your feelings of this being challenging and it doesn't have to be, and this is how we can do to move forward. Yeah, totally. And then sometimes, you know, I mean, postpartum is no walk in the park for anybody, really. I mean, it's, it, it can be the most beautiful, sacred time and also the most challenging, you know, it's not mutually exclusive. And you can have those couple weeks that are so hard and you bust through it and then you're on the other side of it, you know? So it's just, it's knowing it's all of it. It's like this dance and this mix of honoring baby and then honoring yourself and honoring all the different variables. Yeah. Because when, when I was having kids, there was no such thing. Like it wasn't even talked about postpartum, but because of my education, I knew it was my hormones that were so out of whack. And, you know, some days were better than others. And I, you know, rip my clothes off or I'd be like, no, here's baby and hand baby off, you know, or whatever. And, and it was a really wacky time, you know, but when you have that understanding that we're now rebalancing ourselves, yeah. we're rebalancing our life with baby, we're rebalancing our body with our hormones and everything else that's out of whack. And it's like, giving yourself the space and the okayness to feel the feels like, yeah. right. Totally. I was to say, and support, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. cause yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so interesting to, I feel like we're in this time. So even people listening that don't have kids, you know, we're in this moment in history where the veils are being lifted and we're really looking at the bill of goods that we were sold, maybe not what we thought it was. Right. And so even in my work in the postpartum realm, the postpartum doesn't even, that word doesn't even exist in a lot of cultures because it just is what was you had a baby and you were fed well. And the mom rested for six weeks. It wasn't, it didn't have to be a thing because it wasn't a thing. You just had a baby, you know, and you were, you did the things that kept the mom alive and you did things that kept the baby alive. And it, so it's just, it just goes to show, I guess my point is that we're just so away from nature. We're so away from the biology of how this symbiotic relationship exists, because if we actually did respect it, we wouldn't be where we are now with the medicalized system and, you know, zero support. So it's just coming back to that. I love that. Cause that's, Oh God, like, like hearing you talk about this, because I was introduced to an Ayurvedic, um, practitioner a while ago. And, you know, is it called, cause you do Ayurvedic doula mm-hmm. and it's Abhyanga. Abhyangas. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is what I was going to say. It's like Western civilization has created this unnecessary divide between yep. childbirth and then post childbirth. Like yep. in, ter- in terms of like how we handle it, we're back in the day when I learned about this, that it's like, mothers just were taken care of. They were fed. They were, they had massages. The baby was like provided for, I mean, so many things. So I would love, what does Ayurvedic doula mean? What are the, what is the uh, Abhyanga? Abhyanga. I love that you've had that. Yeah. Like what is the, can you describe this for those of the listeners that aren't so familiar with this? Yes. So First of all, I, I would just like to say I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner. I have studied a lot of Ayurveda. I have my own practitioner and I think it's a beautiful 
science. It is not just a trend. It is not some practices. It actually is a time tested science over thousands of years that has worked. So mm-hmm. like, I don't need an FDA study to prove that to me. Yes. So, <laughs> Thank you very much. It stood yeah. the test of time. <laughs> I mean, that's what we should be looking at. Like what has worked for thousands of years? What hasn't? Yeah. Um, so it really, so just like, I'll do a really quick overview. So in Ayurveda, there are three main doshas or there are three doshas and usually your two main ones, you know, you're a little mix of three in different ways. And then it also can be during your life, you might go through cycles of being more heavy in other ones. So the beauty in treating postpartum mothers is that every mother is vata imbalanced. So when you're pregnant, you're very pitta. So you're literally fire. There's a human, that energy, there's fire in your belly. So you're very hot. You get, you know, sweaty. You know, when I was pregnant, my friends were like, I've never just seen you in a tank top. Cause I'm always cold. I'm very Vata. I'm always in sweatshirts and socks. And, and I was just like a heater, you know? So then when you give birth, you're then air, you've got this empty space. Literally your belly is now empty. The organs are kind of like floating in your belly, making their way back. Um, and it's beautiful and it's natural, you know, the mom brain, we think about the, you know, you're in the etheric realms because we are made that way. We're wired that way to wake up if we hear baby scream, because that's how you keep your baby alive. Right. You know, we're very sensitive, like all these kind of negative tones by the culture of are, are not negative. It's nature. It's natural to be that attuned with the baby and really between zero and three years old, the baby is still part of you. I mean, we're, it's this uh, very symbiotic relationship. And so it's really about just helping you relax and ground into your feet through touch and just holding the space for your nervous system to really land back earthside because the mom goes on a trip too. I mean, labor and delivery, you're on another planet. And so the first six weeks is really about the landing and landing into your new role. You're on very little sleep. So it's very simple things. It's not easy to do necessarily, but it's simple. So it's herbal teas, herbal tonics for helping your breast milk come in or flow well, um, warming foods. So that's why we always want to give soups and stews to new mothers, trying to stay away from cold smoothies, ice water, ice cream, anything cold, anything raw. Uh, with my clients, I always say, look, you just had a baby. You're craving that cold popsicle or the smoothie or the raw apple. Have it in moderation. And then just for the rest of the day, you know, counterbalance it. But it's really about wrapping your whole body in warmth. And if you think about it, you're really like a raw nerve. It's like, for me, at least postpartum, especially after my first child, when I had no idea what to kind of expect, it was like, my longest college all nighter on top of like the stomach flu on top of running five marathons all at once. (laughs) And you're just, you know, you're just like so depleted. (laughs) I just like, what the fuck was that? And so the avianga, it's like this raw nerve and you're just rubbing warm oil all over this raw nerve. And it just is magic. And it sounds so lovely. It's so good. And I even do it with my kids, you know, when I'm, especially if they're sick or uh, having a lot of big feelings. I do it myself too. If I feel my nervous system teetering, I'll do the warm oil on my head before I take a shower that night, the warm abianga. It's very easy to do a self abianga, but 
you know, our skin is our biggest organ too. So for immune system going into flu season, I mean, COVID system, whatever, it's like really putting that protective barrier on your body. And it's so important. I just love it for the new mamas because it helps them. I mean, I should do before and after photos of my clients because how they look before and then how they look after it's night and day because it just brings your nervous system back online. Well, it's interesting. When I read about that, I was going to say, I was like, I'm a hundred percent doing that. When I have my child, Mm -hmm. like, I don't care the cost. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it's so amazing. I 100% am signing up for that. Well, and the other thing that all of our girls, they were kind of really hard to put to bed. And so I had um, a feng shui woman come and we tried everything. And the first two, we did the Farber method and Tim and I would sit downstairs. At the time we had an upstairs downstairs house and we would sit because you had to let your kid cry. That was the method then. and. It was terrible. And then the second two came back to back and we're like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We had 10 in the bed, you know, and it (laughs) didn't matter because it felt right. I'm like, screw this shit of letting your kids scream. So then it evolved because we moved into, you know, their own beds. We got at this other house and everyone had their space and we started massaging their hands and their feet before they went to bed every night because it, grounded them, centered them. We could talk anything. They would talk, they would share, they were comfortable, they'd go to sleep. And it was a beautiful thing. So it's that same thing. Why are we not doing this with these mothers? I know. I know. And I love that you did that too, because also that pillow talk, that's really when your kids talk to you and share. I mean, my Mm -hmm. oldest is nine and that's really, I mean, last night we, we laid in her bed and, um, she just read me the funnies, you know, we just had that time, you know, and, and then she'll just, you know, they just share those little things. You don't even think they thought about when you mentioned it six months ago. And then it just comes up when you, when you open up that space and time, that's so beautiful. You did that. But yeah, it is great for new mom. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so no, I was just going to say, I was like, think about pillow talk with like any relationship or partner. Like that's when you can like, it's such a vulnerable time where like, it's that in between, like talk about yeah. the veil. It's like your conscious and subconscious is like meeting and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm still thinking about this. Let's like hash it out before we go to sleep and like, let it go or whatever. Just it. like, this is what's on my mind. You know, yeah. it's such a special time. And it feels so good. I mean, my little one too, cause I mean, we've done it every way and we're still in musical beds in our house. Um, but my little one this summer, we were away for three months. And so we slept in a king size bed. And so I was like, Oh Lord, this is gonna be hard going back to the crib. And so a couple of weeks before we came back to LA, she just started priming me. She was like, no more crib, mommy, no more crib. I mean, she's, she's a double Virgo. So she's very clear. And, um, she's in a trundle bed and the little day bed in her room. So I'll go in there like kind of during the night or sometimes I try not to go in there, but oftentimes I end up there. But every night she's like, rub my tummy, rub my back, rub my arm. Like she loves it, you know? And she like more power to her. She just asks for it and demands it, you know, but it helps her go to bed. It's great. So I think it's so it's, you know, we talk about how we can support the moms and I've had quite a few friends that have gotten pregnant 
during this time of COVID, which is just like on top of it already being so isolating and on top of it already being so like, what the fuck? Now we actually (laughs) physically are isolated. I've had girlfriends that weren't allowed to have their husbands in the delivery room with them. Talk about postpartum trauma. Like the, the grandparents haven't even met the babies yet. Have you seen something with like the clients that you have right now? Like the trend, his postpartum, I mean, depression and anxiety has already skyrocketed to like- 200%. It's up 200%. Like this is even more important than ever right now. Like what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have lots of thoughts about that and feelings. It's, it's so challenging. And I just, you know, I have so much love and respect for any woman bringing a child earth side right now. Um, when I kind of can telescope out from the spiritual, I think that's divine timing that she's being called to be such a warrior right now and that her child is coming through at such a time. So that doesn't necessarily make it easier for, you know, for the mom. Um, I think what we're really seeing is how important the mother role is through this time. And we're seeing that the connection between the mom and the baby is what needs to totally be center and focused upon. So if women can really focus on that and strengthening that connection through their pregnancy, daily meditation, doing whatever healing work you need to do, whether it's from your own birth, your mother's birth, your grandmother's birth, really looking at what can be brought up to heal. And so it doesn't need to be passed on to the baby. Like now is the time to do that. And, you know, put yourself first, skimp on other things to focus on the healing work. Um, some people are having in-person help, which is huge. If you can have that, some people are choosing that's not right for them. Some people can't where whatever situation they're in. So if you can have someone there with you, I highly recommend getting virtual support. It's not the same. You're not going to get the body work right now. But you can get the support. You can get great doula support. I mean, even for us, like this is so much better than not doing it, you know, exactly. having this conversation today. Mm-hmm. So having that and so many more people are working that way now. Therapists are working that way. Doulas are working that way. Having that support. And, you know, this is women's work. And I do think. First of all, when I talk about any of this, like I just want everyone to know. This is both and none of this is mutually exclusive. There's so many variables. I'm, I'm talking very general terms right now. But when a woman goes to birth, it is the woman birthing. And I think there can be some confusion. I've fallen this, into this as well with myself of thinking, even if you are hiring all the help, that you don't have to go through this portal of fire. And it's just not the case. You must go through the portal of fire to become a mother. And coming back to that strength and calling upon that inner strength and that inner knowing and that inner intuition. And if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, now's the time to work on it and to really get to know yourself before you bring a baby earthside. And that goes for any time, but especially during this COVID pandemic time. Oh oh my gosh. So as you're saying that McLean, I'm seeing, you know how like, um, big, trees like you know the pine trees and the sequoias and all those you have to have a fire in order for the seed to break open to birth a new tree yeah 
so it's like, as you were saying, you have to go through that portal of fire. It's like something big and cataclysmic changes within the woman once they've given that birth process. And it's so important because I had to do years of work. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to have kids. I was so scared because of my panic disorder. And I had to do so much work on myself before I even thought about, I mean, Tim and I, we were together 16 years before we gave birth to a child. So eight years dating, eight years married, but I was sick during those times, like with my panic disorder. And so I really did some, a lot of work and, um, especially around the belief systems and things like that. Um, we just did an episode about that and it's so true because you have to be mentally, physically, emotionally, socially prepared for this change in your life. You're changed forever. You're no longer single. You will carry Mm -hmm. this baby till the day you die. You will have this relationship. You will have so much you know, and that's why it's so critical for you to go within yourself and really have a deep understanding and letting go of old patterns, old stories, old whatever, whether it's in this life or past lives, because who knows what's been passed down to you. Yeah. And in order for you to rid it and not continue pass, paying it forward with your children. Yeah, so much. Yes to that. Yeah. And that's such a good point, whether it's this lifetime or another, you know, and it also goes, I mean, this is, I don't want to veer too much off topic, but, you know, statistically speaking, more women than not have been physically or sexually abused. Right. So, I mean, that's a national statistic. So, Mm -hmm. um, all that comes up when you're in labor and delivery. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we are in a medicalized system of completely numbing out for our childbirth. I mean, you can see it. I mean, I'm not, I don't work as a birth doula. I'm a trained birth doula, but my, I know for a fact, I mean, I hear it over and over again, when you get into a certain dilation, if you have not dealt with that past, it comes up and it will affect your birth and delivery. And that then affects your child. And then that affects their child, you know? So it's like, it's that like buck stops here kind of mentality of like, let's do the work. So my kids don't have to carry this shit, you know? Mm. I, I think that's such a like important awareness to bring light and insight into the childbirth. Isn't just like the physical um, experience, but also like the emotional and spiritual of things that get brought up. And it makes me think a lot about um, postpartum. You know, I was telling my mom, I was talking to my girlfriend, today she's three weeks postpartum and she was like texting me being like hey do you have like a doula I can talk to I'm like really feeling like you know my first two children had severe depression post PTSD like all that you know all like and for this child I don't want to do that and I want to get back into movement I want to get back into really taking care of myself and not feeling guilty about doing something for me because I'm going to be able to better support this now new baby is now three. Like it's not, it's not just me anymore. It's not me and my husband anymore. It's not me and my first friend. The second son, I have three now. And now it's like, what do I need to do? And I think you talked about it. It's like the support and just going into like how important it is for moms to be really, um, 
vocal with their emotions and uh, honest with how they're feeling and doing and not feeling the shame about like, maybe you do have some things that are coming up postpartum. Maybe you didn't address them before. Maybe something triggered something else. Like you never know. I mean, you talk about hormones changing and shifting and I can only imagine what happens once you birth the child, like what your hormones are doing. Um, what is your take on that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing when you're talking, yeah, you know, yes to all of that is I love working with my clients as a couple too, if they are in relationship, because, you know, there's so much danger that can happen with expectations and unmet expectations and undiscussed expectations. And so I like mm-hmm. to really help couples notch down where they're both coming from, because whether we know it or not, we have a lot of baggage that we're bringing into this, you know, and dads are, are, you know, other female partners or fathers, you know, especially men in this, in this society, they're not, most of them have not changed diapers. Most of them have really never been around other babies unless they had siblings. Um, whereas it's more of a feminine role to like grow a babysitting and like, you know, all of that. Um, but just, it's important to do the partner work to really see where you both are. And there's so many ways that the men can empower themselves to be that great support without the woman having to tell them, because that's the thing we get into a lot of trouble with postpartum. When you are taking care of this baby, you guys are still like one being you're trying to heal from your birth. You're trying to figure out your breastfeeding. You're not sleeping. And then you're trying to tell your support person how they can support you. And like, you don't even know what you need. And so a lot of resentments start happening on both sides. And so just getting really clear, like, you know, the top two things I can tell any partner is every place in your house where you're the mother of your baby is feeding or breastfeeding, always have a huge thing of water and have snacks. Like that's just something super simple, super important. So those things, um, and talking through the hormonal shifts and, you know, please don't take anything really, or try not to take anything personally during this time, because it's just, we've never been this sleep deprived in our lives and trying to keep a human alive. And, you know, looking at the things that really would make you feel better versus the things you've read about and think you would make you feel better because sometimes they they, they don't always line up. You know, we all have different pathologies of what makes us really feel seen and heard. That could be knowing that the trash in your kitchen is emptied, you know, I mean, that, that really affects some people, right. Other people that's not even on their radar. So just getting very clear with your partner or who's supporting in your household of what will actually help you relax so that you can do this healing work and be with your baby. I I'm so happy because this whole time, because we have Mike sitting across from us and I keep feeling Mike <laughs> and everything is going on. <laughs> Mike's and our audio guy. Mike <laughs> is, is our, is our sound man, yeah. the best in the world. Thank you, Mike. But, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, men too. It's like their lives have changed. Yes. They haven't gone through the birthing, but there's still this piece about, you know, I love the communication, obviously the aspect and having a plan before you go into it so that you have this communication piece like, hey, honey, I'm really feeling like awful. What can I do? Can I massage your shoulders? Can I massage your feet? Can I hold the baby for 10 minutes while you just go take a shower or go take a quick nap or, you know, whatever. And then in addition to the woman too, having that understanding that his life just changed upside down too. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and that, you know, the support too on an emotional level for your husband or your wife or, you know, whoever your partner is that you've had this child with, you know, because it always takes, I always say it takes two to tango. And yes, you've just had this incredible act of birthing and you also have a partner in here too. Totally. And, you know, all your stuff is kind of brought up. So like, let's say you're in a couple that's much more um, old school traditions of roles, right? You have a baby, you're not looking at doing those roles for your partner right then, you know? So your partner's going to be having some real feelings about that also. And, um, and coming back to that hierarchical thing we started with is it's important for the partner to get out, you know, go play a basketball game, go for a run go golf, go do whatever those things are, because let them go freely without resentment so that they can come back and support you better. You know? So even if you have to think of it that way of like, how can they serve me better? Let them go be with the dudes and come back and serve me better because it is that, you know, it's, it's all of it. It's all of these different components. Um, yeah, no shaming there again, no shaming, no shaming to, to him. Exactly. And I think so much of what I'm hearing is it comes back to, you know, McLean, like you talked about is this next iteration of what you're doing with mother. The mother is education. And so much in educating our partners and ourselves is through self-awareness and really knowing what we need to support ourselves and what that looks like. And like we said, it's different for every person. Um, So I'm excited to hear what this like next evolution is and what you're doing online and offering what you haven't like the, we could talk for hours about the wealth of knowledge <laughs> that you have with this. I'm just so curious what, um, what this looks like, what are these online courses and what you're creating? Thank you. I'm really excited. And you know, it's, it's felt like a rebirth to be honest. And it, it felt, I mean, this is only in a couple of weeks that I actually really drew a line in the sand with myself to say, I have to stop in-home clients right now because I've been trying to build these things for three years now. And with two small children and working all the time, I can't put out what my soul is being called to put out into the world if I'm working this much. Because I also like to cook my own food. I like to have time with my partner at night. You know, like I like to be healthy. I like, so there's not time for everything. So one, the, the first thing I'm bringing forward in a couple of weeks is mom club. So I think it'll be a lot of different groups and subgroups, but we're just going to start and just know it doesn't have to be perfect. We're just going to put it on the universe. And my intention is that it will be a virtual circling up together and it's going to be sacred space. There's going to be no shaming, no guilt, no gossip. It's going to be what stays here. You know, what's shared here stays here. And really like we're all in a room circling up, you know, in a women's circle. And I would love for women all over the world to be able to do it and then hook up in real life. So say you're like, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, another mama on the call is too. Let's meet up for tea. Let's get together and breastfeed our babies in the park, whatever it is, and really create a revolution of community for each other. Um, That's my goal with that. And then I have been doing this, but now I'm really amping it up to my coaching program. So whether you're wanting to conceive all the way through your pregnancy on into the postpartum time, you know, creating your postpartum plan, couples work. I do prenatal yoga meditation. I'm a nutritionist. So kind of pulling every tool in my toolbox together to help you through this journey virtually. 
Mm. And so that I love doing, I really, really love doing because a lot of people don't have great classes and places in their towns or their cities to go. And especially now, you know, so, and, and the other thing that's not available are the integrative, you know, different integrative practices that like, I know someone right now that, you know, who's had two miscarriages and, you know, I helped my own niece that had two miscarriages and knowing that, you know, just diet makes a huge difference. There's like so many different things. So with all of your, you know, credentials and things that you've worked on, you are a wealth of information for these women who really run into is in vitro your only option? Like, no, there are other ways to, you know, have infertility be looked at much yeah, differently. Totally. And there's the whole spiritual side and the mm-hmm. emotional, obviously. And, and then I do, I mean, I love my coaching because I can meet people wherever they are. And I do like working in a lot of different ways. I'm also a death doula. So I work with clients through loss and miscarriage and, and that right there, you know, we, we got to come back and have you do that. (laughs) Cause one of our neighbors is also a death doula and Megan and Um, I did a whole episode on death and dying. And we talked about death doulas and their importance because as birth and death, Mm-hmm. it's all on the same line. Yep. And totally. so it's really awesome that you do that as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like, not, I'm a Scorpio. So it's just like, I'm, I'm drawn to the, the birth and the death and they really are truly two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating. So it feels exciting to me because I feel like I, I can share more and also be very specific with each client, you know? Um, and then I am in the new year going to be doing online programs. So depending on what trimester you're on, a lot of support, you know, recipes, meditations, yoga, all of that. And then obviously a huge portion will be the postpartum shift, the first six weeks and then on, because, you know, this doesn't get, super simple after six weeks, it keeps going, you know? And so really it's a lifer, it's a lifer, <laughs> it's a lifer. here. <laughs> yeah, it's a lifer. I know. And then it's like, then you start having grandkids and then it's like, that's a whole other level. Right. You know, I just think of this as like, we're constantly evolving and especially this time we can look at it with such darkness, you know, such isolation, so much depression, anxiety, unknown uncertainty, which is like also like motherhood, you know, there's so much unknown. There's so many things that are changing. And I think the one thing in the silver lining is it's taught us and given us the space of what is really needed. And I love that in this time, it's shown you now where you get to evolve through and to create even more support for women regardless of where you are, to be able to find other women to connect with and to build that community that we are so craving and need. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so important. And you are definitely coming back on because we have so <laughs> many more things we need to talk to you about. I, I mean, uh, this has just been the most amazing conversation. I'm so grateful to, yeah, that we get to yeah. share your wealth of knowledge with our community. If you guys have not checked out, McLean has her own podcast, Mother the Mother, which like everything we talked about, she has guests. She does her solo ep- episodes with like mom truths. And I just love it. I Even love not that. being a mom, I love listening to them. It's just 
Oh, it's so needed. And I'm so grateful for you. You guys can also follow McLean on Mother the Mother on Instagram. And is that your website as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. MotherTheMother.com. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. And, and I then, can't wait to have you guys on my podcast. Yeah. Last night, Jemima and I were lying in bed and um, we were watching your video of the pumpkin squares. <laughs> With so really Sam. To make those. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was really adorable I know so Mm. she's really getting into baking so we've been watching your videos and seeing all your recipes I love love that that. well you guys there's so much good juicy deliciousness in this episode and if you love what you heard please share it share it with a friend there I'm sure there's a lot of moms new moms older moms every mother out there needs to meet McLean and have a listen to mother the mother we just love you and if you love us and you want to keep us you know doing what we're doing please subscribe (laughs) rate and review uh this podcast of make life delicious because we sure do like making life delicious every day you know you are (laughs) you are you're doing it thank you Thank you guys so much. So much. So much fun. Yes and is a mantra that you can apply to every aspect of your life. If you're looking for a no BS approach to life, business, and your mental health, then this is the show for you. Judy Holler is a best-selling author, creative entrepreneur, and a professionally trained improviser. As an alum of Second City's Conservatory in Chicago, Judy uses her improv theater training to help you celebrate, fear, smash comfort zones, and navigate the unscripted stage of everyday life. You can expect laughs, 90s hip-hop references, naughty language, badass guests, inspiring solo episodes, and plenty of improv, and only certified good vibes.